welcome to Subtext and Discourse, the podcast which takes you behind the scenes of the art world with the unique individuals involved in the field. I'm your host, Michael Dooney. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Valerie von Mies, founder of The Curve, a private project space and nomadic gallery in Berlin, which has a focus on contemporary collage. Valerie grew up going to galleries and art fairs through her mother, who has collected photography for the past 30 years. We talk about how she fell in love with collage and why Berlin was the only city where a place like The Curve could come into existence. I'd like to briefly remind everyone to please subscribe to Subtext and Discourse wherever you listen to podcasts or go on better and leave us a rating and a review. It really helps to grow the channel. But without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Valerie von Mice. It would be over a year actually because we had the whole of 2020 where nobody saw anybody. So it would have been 2019 or 18. I think it was 2019 and it was the show which was called Floral Falls mm-hmm. by British-Ukrainian collage artist Anna Bukliver, which yeah. was, I think, one of the last, maybe the last show that I had in the actual curve and not mm-hmm. in a pop-up or in a fair or something else. So that was one of the last sociable, fun gatherings and also kind of crowded gatherings yeah. in a very small space, which is the curve. Yeah. Going back then, so the curve has existed for a short while. Well, no, a few years now. It exists since 2017. That's yeah. when it started as a fun idea that I had with a friend who's a collage artist that we would show his collages in my apartment, his artworks. Yeah. We thought that that is a nice addition to all the galleries that are here in the neighborhood, in Linienstraße, Auguststraße. We thought it would be nice to show art in an intimate setting with friends, with having a beer, with the artist there who you could ask questions, just relaxed. That's how the idea started with a name, which is the curve, because it literally is a curve, my corridor, which is the project space. Yeah. And this is your first, can you call it a gallery, project space? Yeah, it is difficult to summarize or describe in one word. So how I would describe it is it's a private project space and a nomadic gallery. Yeah. The main focus is collage. And I call it a project space because I work with different collage artists on a project basis Mm -hmm. rather than as a conventional gallery having representing exclusively a handful of artists. So I have this project-based relationships Mm -hmm. with many artists who I found out over the years that they actually also like this kind of fluid, maybe non committed for Mm -hmm. the rest of your life kind of commitment, which again, it not always is between artists and galleries. But um, yeah, this more kind of for the moment having a project and which can also be extended. So some of the artists, I did a project and then Mm -hmm. we continued working together. So everything is possible. And the term nomadic gallery is also describing the curve because I do go to art fairs. All the works that I show can be bought, can be purchased. The gallery is just an important term, not for the artist, but for the outside people to know what they get, kind of. Yeah, okay. You mentioned collage. 
like what was your introduction to art and photography and specifically collage art? From an educational point of view, I studied communication in Paris. I'm actually from Switzerland. Mm -hmm. I have kind of a nomadic life myself. So. I was thinking that when I looked through because you, you're from Zurich and you studied in Paris. You worked in Amsterdam. And now you're based in Berlin. And I briefly went to sporting school in England. Oh, I did, really? yes. <laughs> so I, I really like Europe. Yeah. Um, I really like or liked up until now this nomadic life. Now I like to be based in Berlin, but I am someone who I like to travel around and to see and experience new places. But when I studied in Paris, I studied communication and journalism, and I then, after graduating, went into advertising, and I was a creative concept writer and copywriter. Mm -hmm. And this is why I came to Berlin, because in Amsterdam, I worked in an agency, but I wanted to have another, on top of it, an education in the advertising world. And there is a really good school. It's called Miami Ad School. And it was founded in Miami, of course, as the name says. But they have different dépendances and different schools around mm -hmm. the world. And there was one in Berlin. Oh. And then Berlin was never on my map. It was cool, but I was always a bit... I was scared a bit of Berlin. <laughs> also, being Swiss, I was scared of the Germans and of Berlin. It was so, It was so cool and it was so much art and culture and intellect and I thought mm, I, don't, I was a bit intimidated let's yeah. put it that way and then I came here just for this school it was a one year tough program and I made it and I got a job within a week after graduating oh, nice. here in Berlin and within this year I kind of yes built a, a friends and life and I thought actually yes it still is a bit intimidating <laughs> and people are still you know, sometimes a bit rougher than I'm used to, but I stayed and I stayed in the advertising world and I worked in different agencies. But coming back to the art, art was always what I would do on the weekends. I would, or in my free time, I would always go to vernissages. I was, I would always go to art fairs because I grew up with photography at home because my mother is a passionate photography collector since almost my entire life so 30 years and I grew up with it it was it was normal and it yeah. was photography that fascinated me and while I think with her walking through art fairs or photography shows I was intrigued by manipulated photography or embroidery on top of photography, some kind of intervention when a different story was told beyond just the picture. Yeah. And I really, I was intrigued by it. And of course, also the advertising world, it's also a lot about collage and, and artists, maybe also illustrators who work with that medium. So it kind of, the, the advertising world together with my family or just the photography world that I knew from a young age. And also I wasn't, I wasn't scared to go to galleries, yeah. you know, all the things that went, because I kind of grew up with this. And then it led me somehow to, to this collage that I found so fascinating and so unique because I like 
the aspect that it isn't an addition, that it is one of a kind, mm -hmm. that you see the layers, you see the paper, you see sometimes glue, you see shadows. There's just so much to see. Sometimes also kind of challenging for the eye to have... Uh, you know, kind of jumping around while looking at the collage because you don't know which, is it true or is this glued or, yeah. you know, you have optical illusions. There are different stories that are told. So I just never get bored of collage. It always, yeah, never get bored. So you started collecting collage before you started, I guess, helping other people discover yes. it. I'm also, of course, since my mother is a collector, this is kind of passed down the genes. I'm also yeah. a, a collector type. And I did start collecting collages before I started doing what I'm doing now as a hobby, I guess, or as a... Yeah. I also have photography. I really like photography. And I also collect letter art, mm -hmm. which is coming, I think, from my background in advertising. advertising yeah. It's I love fonts and letters and, and, and statements. I really like that. So all in all, actually, I have never counted yeah. how many works are in my collection. But growing on a weekly basis almost. Yeah. Yes. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember the first one that you bought? The first collage I bought... Honestly, I have to say, it wasn't even the original. It was an American, I think I was on her Tumblr back then. And she was from Texas. And it was a surrealistic plants and a person in the jungle. But that was a really long time ago. Ah, so it wasn't even just, oh, you saw it at a gallery or at that stage, no, maybe I you weren't so connected to... On that stage, I was on many different websites every day when I was working in advertising. You needed lots of inspiration. You yeah. always need to inspire, get inspired. So I had this list of, let's say, cool websites and tumblers and blogs where people would just post art or design furniture, you know, those kind of things that you would get your inspiration from that you then would use in advertising yeah. to tell a story or yeah, a graphic element or something like that. And I think I saw it on one of these inspirational sites, but it was over 10 years ago, probably. And well, assuming that your mother didn't collect collage as well. So you'd seen how, let me think how to word this. I suppose even from my own experience and knowing other collectors that initially you're just finding your way and you're just gathering different things and eventually there's certain work that resonates with you more than other work. How was that process with collage for you? Well, I must say that in my mother's collection, there are also collage artworks oh, or okay. embroidery. It's not only photography, it's photography-based art. Yep. She has a professional curator, but she also has me <laughs> who kind of, I showed her some different artworks that I think fit perfectly into her collection, which is the collection of allure, which is this word that one can't really explain quickly because it's this kind of an elegance. It's it's a mystery. It's, it's an attitude that someone has. So it's difficult. She doesn't collect landscape and no. then everyone knows what a landscape is. So my mother is very also particular with what has allure and what doesn't. And so I would show her different artworks that are now also in her collection. And yes, also some beautiful collages, beautiful embroidery art, light 
kind of a photography which is in a light box where the light comes from behind. So ah, okay, photography cool, yeah. art, but in the in the broader sense. Yeah. But she started off as a classical fine art vintage photography yeah. collector, and now it kind of yeah. took its journey with me. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if I reflect on my own photography journey, everyone's entry maybe is through fashion or through street photography or reportage. Mm-hmm. And then like with music or with literature, the more you're exposed to and the more of it that you consume, you find that there's something that you really like more than something else. Absolutely. That's why you have to look at so much. You yeah. have to, your eye has to see lots and lots and lots of different artworks or art directions, um, techniques to then say, oh no, this is what I want. And also for me, this is what happened because I consumed a lot and then I saw, okay, this is where I'm always hooked. Every time I see a collage, I'm kind of hooked. Yeah. And when then was the switch point for you after, I guess, gathering and collecting and consuming collage that you thought, okay, I can also help other people share this passion of mine? And founding the curve, like when was that switch for you? I realized that advertising was not my future mm-hmm. on one hand. On the other hand, I moved apartment. I, I moved around in Berlin and I found an apartment which is on the first sight really unpractical because it's very quirky. The rooms are shaped kind of weird. And there is this curvy corridor, which also is not serving you as a person who lives there because you can't put furniture in there. You cannot hang a mirror or something. It is a curved wall and it's kind of big and runs through the whole apartment. But I came in this apartment and I said, I belong here. Although it was so not the way that I normally, you know, that when we think of an apartment, you have one corridor and then you have symmetrical. So there is nothing, no symmetry in my um, apartment. But kind of this touched me. This is maybe this quirkiness. I liked it. And so I had this corridor where I really tried to live with and I put a chair there and it just, it felt wrong. So it was kind of an interplay of these things happening at the same time. And then my friend who makes collage, it kind of started. Then I I did do a bit of research thinking, are there many spaces that only, or maybe no, at that point, we just did the first show. Mm -hmm. When the first show was kind of a success, I'm saying success with them. Yeah. What do you call them? Air quotes? Yes. Yeah. A success in terms of people really enjoyed what they saw. They were interested in collage. They've mm-hmm. never really thought about this medium. Plus, they thought the whole setup with sitting in my living room, a perfect combination. So the feedback was really good. Then we said, okay, now in two months time, I need another show. I need <laughs> another artist. And suddenly it kind of grew because the feedback was there. And also ah. we sold some works. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. People wanted to have the works that were in the curve then. And that's when I started doing a bit of research, thinking, are there galleries or spaces that exclusively dedicate their program and what they show to collage? And I think there is a gallery in New York, but I think it's works on paper. So kind of in a broader sense. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, there is my niche being someone who 
is not a gallerist who does not come from the conventional, let's say, yeah. art historic or auction house background. This is where my niche is, where I can really fill this point. There is n no competition, let's say. Yeah. Plus, it's something that just fascinates me. And this is the driving force is collage because... I love the medium. I want to spread collage. I want to, people need to see it and see it more and not see it as a, as a, um, a side product of a painter. Mm -hmm. These collages are also beautiful and, and studies, etc. But I want to show collage as the main show act and not the side. So since this kind of initial exhibition that you held here and the positive response and the success. How did it then develop from that? Like you had to do a bit of homework, let's say, to find out how does one have a space, have exhibitions? Exactly. Lucky me, I have friends who back then worked in galleries. I had my mother who was always my advisor and yeah. her curator. So I had my network. Yeah. I must say before or parallel to the curve, I also worked briefly with a friend of mine who did an online photography gallery and we would do pop-ups there and she oh, would only cool. have photography pop-ups. Mm -hmm. So I did get into the gallery nitty gritty, let's call it, the rules or yeah. the how it's done kind of things. But first for me, yeah, more important was do people like what they see? Does this have potential before I call it a gallery? Yeah. So it was all a process. It wasn't planned. It was somehow meant to be with the apartment, with the artwork, with the setup, with Berlin. Mm -hmm. Also, Berlin is such an important factor in this story because here I had, how do you call it? I was courageous enough to just start an art space in my apartment because in Berlin everything you just do it you know it's kind of people just have an idea and then they do it with not that much hesitation and what ifs and you know I'm not a proper gallerist like in the books mm -hmm. am I allowed to do this do people take me serious in Berlin, you just do it and people like it. And if you fail, then it's also okay because yeah. no one really cares because there is something <laughs> else happening next week, which is the positive side of things. Yeah. And I think I wouldn't have started the curve in any other city. I wouldn't have started it in Switzerland. Berlin was the moment for me where I said, okay, I think here it's kind of possible. I just give it a try. Yeah. I'm really happy you said that. I mean, I just got goosebumps when you said it because for me it was the same with my space as well. I don't think any other city would have encouraged me to take that risk. Exactly. And I think because you see and you kind of feel the energy from other people that you can just try it. You can just try it, yeah. Whereas, I mean, I've been to Zurich a few times and I kind of compare it a little bit to places in Australia for how clean it is mm -hmm. and how organised everything mm -hmm. is and how expensive it is. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't take a risk like that there because you need to make sure that you've got that sort of security mm -hmm. and the financial backing mm -hmm. and everything else. Like it has to work. It ha yeah, Absolutely. Which takes so much pressure out of, of something that you're so excited about. So really without Berlin, this wouldn't have, without me being here, this wouldn't yeah. have happened probably. 
But then after the first year where I was very, like in the books, every two months, I had a different yeah. um, exhibition here and people knew about it and then they could sign up. It was, of course, not publicly mm -hmm. communicated because it's still my private apartment. So it was with a newsletter and you could sign up or it was also just text message, you know. Yeah. And then after this one year of, I think we really did six exhibitions with different collage artists. Then I thought, well, the next step is to also get out of the curve because mm -hmm. more people need to see <laughs> it. So then I applied for my first art fair, which was paper positions, I assume in 2018 at Gallery Weekend. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was my first fair. I thought it was uh, the directors were very open because... As I said, I'm not a gallery in the conventional mm. sense. So I Which don't have opening is, hours back then. Yeah. Now, every, now really, it's kind of a normal thing. But Now yeah, it's certainly. kind of a normal thing. But also just three years ago was, yeah, but what are your opening hours? And I said, I'm sorry, I don't have opening hours. Yeah. But then I met the director and he came here and I explained what I'm doing mm -hmm. and he saw the curve and then he said, yes, we'd like to have you because it was paper positions and for paper positions, collages, you know, what yeah. you want to be <laughs> showing. But I was very happy that they invited me to participate. And I really like that too, because then in an art fair, you see, oh, this is how many people I could reach. And also it's nice to see an artwork a bit from afar away and not in a corridor. <laughs> yeah, not in a corridor, yeah. So, so sometimes it's good to have a bit of distance. So yeah, I did that. And also in the same time, I looked for pop-up spaces where mm -hmm. I could organize something. Before you talk about the pop-ups, how is the fair experience for you? Because you'd been to fairs as a collector yourself. So you'd been it on the... It was very exciting and exhausting. <laughs> but you'd always been on the collector's side. Yeah. You'd always been the one walking around and looking. Mm -hmm. Now you were the one that you wanted people to come over to your booth. How was the experience of being on the other side? I think it was good that I was a visitor first for many years. So I knew kind of what I liked about gallerists at the booth. You mm -hmm. know, they kind of leave you first a bit alone to have mm -hmm. a look then they would approach you and say if you have any questions I'm here but if you just want to read you know kind of yeah. the handout because you don't want to talk to someone everything is fine because some people just want to experience art without mm -hmm. you know kind of the galleries yeah, telling the, pitch, the yeah. entire story <laughs> life story of the artist so since I realized that as a visitor the years before, I thought I kind of had an idea how to approach people. Yeah. But end of the day, most people like to have a bit of extra information. And what I also realized is that they were very astonished by my focus. It's only collage. It's like, yes, only collage. <laughs> so it was always this is, oh, really? Yeah. There is a broad spectrum of collage. It's not only paper with paper. I mm -hmm. mean, there is assemblage. You can work with your own photographic material. You can source for old vintage papers, you know, there is just endless. The whole digital world is a, a completely new world, but this is all underneath the umbrella collage. So I yeah. thought, yes, only collage. It's a big <laughs> world. Yeah, but that's what I realized. But I'm now quite not sure whether I 
mixed up the timing, whether the fair was before a big pop-up show that I did on Torstrasse or mm -hmm. the other way around. But maybe it was also the same summer. I can't really remember right now. Because my first big pop-up exhibition was with four artists on Torstrasse next to Rosenthaler Platz. Oh, yeah, I think I remember. Yeah, yeah, I think you were there too. Yeah. But I don't know whether that was before or after the fair. It was around the that same time, time. Yeah. yeah. When I realized it's fun to be also outside and to be there for two weeks. I was on Torstrasse two weeks. I'd like to have my space, have a big space, have huge walls, really also being able to show a broader spectrum, mm -hmm. having four artists with four different approaches to the idea of collage. But then I also like to leave again. So this nomadic yeah. <laughs> aspect is what I do like. Yeah. Maybe coming to the nomadic aspect, since having a few shows here, you've collaborated with other spaces since, haven't you? Or you've done other pop-ups in other locations? I have. There was a pop-up in Munich mm -hmm. happening before a fair that I attended there with a friend of mine in a design and botanical flower design store. Mm -hmm. And uh, we showed Anna Bukliva. Ah, yeah talked before and it was just a perfect fit yeah. and it was Munich and I also have a bit of a network in Munich and I knew some people and she knew people and then there was another pop-up I think pop-up is another temporary yeah show that we did there I also once had the kind invitation to exhibit some artworks in a, a shopping window here on Auguststraße. Also, while it was either Art Week or it was some of those times mm -hmm. when many people are on Auguststraße because there are so many galleries. Last year, I wanted to leave Germany <laughs> and do some... Yeah, exhibitions abroad, first of all, in Switzerland, in Zurich, of course. Then I'm a big fan of Amsterdam. I went there just before lockdown and everything, and I was already looking for spaces. And, yeah. and now we are here one and a half years later. I'm exaggerating. But now I'm getting back into seeing where the next show is happening. Yeah. I noticed, though, that you were on Berlin Views. Yeah. You're participating in that initiative yes. as well. Well, first of all, I was also very happy that they invited me because it was really a list of big names and also small names. I was super happy that, first of all, great initiative. They did that really in, I don't know how many weeks they came up. They set up the whole platform within yeah days. I was so know? surprised when I spoke with Anna. I thought yeah. you must have had this in planning for a while. No, it was just... No. So but that's what they are. They are <laughs> super fast. They're doers. I really like their energy, both Johanna and Anne. Amazing. And they kind of pushed me into, okay, now I have to start thinking how digital, how to show the works, how to promote digitally, how to, yeah, what the options are. But I have started early before the pandemic and everything. I am on Artsy, which was mm -hmm. part of the deal for myself saying, if I don't have an actual showroom where people can come in every day, I need to have Artsy as my, let's say, digital 
gallery space because it's so nicely put together. The artworks look great. The whole mm -hmm. website is amazing. People know Artsy from all over the world. So this is an investment that I did from the beginning to have a subscription, mm -hmm. not subscription, what you call it, just membership. to be a membership there and to have the curve on Artsy. Yeah. Because it's a great platform. And then Berlin Views was amazing because every month they said, now you can have a new, so please change the artist you're showing. Yeah, there was so much energy. It was really great initiative. And what else? Well, then last year, which was already in discussion before the whole thing started, is that together with an artist of mine, Dennis Bush, who is the co editor of The Age of Collage, which is a book. It has three volumes, three different books, Age of Collage by Gestalten. Mm -hmm. And they released the third volume last year. And I said, Dennis, it's such an amazing book. I call it my Bible. It has all contemporary collage artists in there that are amazing. So everyone should buy it one of those three volumes. And then, so we said, yes, okay, when is this book released? In October, it's coming out. So having the opportunity to be involved with this book launch, with Gestalten mm -hmm. and with Dennis Bush, who is the co-editor of the book, but also the co-curator with me on the exhibition that we decided to invite 25 artists taken out of the book from all over the world They all send in two to three artworks and we're going to do one big show. And we were, of course, hoping for a big party and na na na. The big show happened and it really, we were so lucky because it was squeezed in, in end of November, beginning of December, when we had three weeks where we could show again on Torstrasse in a big space, we mm -hmm. could show these 25 artists and the book and having this show up. It was a lot of work during yeah the Corona year last fall. It was a lot of work, but it was, I was so, so happy that people could come in. Mm -hmm. There was of course no big party, but people could come in and look at the works. All the artists were so sad, of course, because they all wanted to see it yeah. and also to mingle with other artists from the book. So that didn't happen, but that was a really big project considering that it was a <laughs> pandemic. I was also after that, so I was very tired. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can believe it. <laughs> very exhausted, but so happy that it. we kind of squeezed this project in. That was fun. And it was not digital. Yeah. We did, of course, a 3D virtual mm -hmm. tour and so on. Oh, is that still available online? The 3D I tour? think it still is available. It's on my website. Everything can be found on my website. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I think this one, yeah, it's still available. Nice. And then I guess at the moment you're still trying to work out how and everything goes. And at the moment I'm working with a fantastic artist, Justine Läufer who's a photographer and collage artist. So mm -hmm. she's a fashion photographer since 20 years. She's from London, but is based in Berlin now. And she uses her own photographs that she yeah, rips I think, apart. I think I remember seeing her work the first time via you. And I think that, yeah, I'd had limited exposure to collage, except for when people source imagery from yeah. magazines or from newspapers. No, her works are big scale yeah. because she can, it's, Her But they're her images. pictures. Yeah. They're her pictures and they're fantastic pictures, even if they're not in the collage. So the initial material is already 
beautiful and she makes collages out of her works. And we were supposed to have, <laughs> I love this beginning of sentence. So we were supposed to have a booth of various fairs that I wanted to do and then an exhibition because her work really has to be experienced in real life because the size, the quality of the prints, the ripping, also the layers and the shadows, it's just something that cannot be experienced in the same way digitally. So we keep on shifting, kind of pushing her exhibition now. It is going to be set at positions in Tempelhof, in September, mm -hmm. I'm going to have a solo booth with Justine Läufer. Oh, cool. That'd be so, nice. Yeah, I'm very excited because, as I said, this is something cannot be just seen on Instagram or on a PDF. This is a work that I really, I'm very much looking forward to be showing in real life. Yeah. How do you feel then with it? Just thinking now in general, because I feel the same way with a lot of works and particularly with collage or anything that has a kind of intervention, you need to see it in three dimensions. You can't mm -hmm. just look at it flat on the screen. Mm -hmm. Like you have to see and feel, not necessarily feel by touching, but just to get an impression of the texture and how it changes in the light and those different aspects of the work. Had you seen anything over the past year? Because there was so much digital presentation mm -hmm. of work. Was there anything that even came close to being able to replicate it? I think it cannot be replicated yeah. the, in real life. I the No, it cannot be replicated, but I'm sure all these technological features and everything, it comes very close. Mm -hmm. Probably it depends also a bit on the, I don't know how much money you want to spend. Maybe after a certain amount, you really want to see it in real life, maybe below that you're fine with a scan or maybe with a video. During the pandemic, I took loads of videos for people who liked something online. And then mm -hmm. they said, oh, but I want to see it again, maybe on the wall, maybe on the, yeah. <laughs> maybe on, from the side. And I said, okay, no problem. Then I took videos and I took many pictures. And that's how they kind of got an idea. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. that's what I did very old school with my iPhone. <laughs> so there was no nothing crazy about that. But I just tried to show it, as you said, from all different angles, yeah. um, from light from above or from the side. So, yeah. I mean, at least you kind of found a workaround, really. Yeah. One question maybe perhaps to close with, how do you find your artists? Or if you're looking for a collage artist or an artist that works with collage, mm -hmm. what is it that grabs you as a collector or as a kind of an agent for mm -hmm. artists to help them promote their work? I must say I get loads of, what do you call it? Einsendung. Submissions? Submissions. I get lots of submissions, yeah. which is great. I really like a personal email. I like when someone also took a proper look at what I'm doing, not mm -hmm. just, you know, finding out some kind of emails of various galleries and then sending them copy-pastes because uh, you can yeah. really tell. Everyone oh, can tell. You can so tell straight away. Straight away. <laughs> so it's always nice when someone looked at what I'm doing and then sends an email with the work. Uh, what I'm looking for, I'm always looking for something new because I have seen... Well, not always, but I've seen quite many collages, lots of art, but also many collages in the past. And I know when something is very similar to something that I've seen before, or maybe sometimes very too similar. No, <laughs> but I mean, which is also good inspiration, you know, 
it really is about a novelty factor, something that I'm that excites me because I haven't seen it before. Yeah. It is really difficult to I think that's probably not helping anyone when I say that, but it has to be unique and different. I can only say so much because the rest comes totally it's a feeling if i see it it can be in a gallery it can be at an art fair or on instagram if Mm -hmm. i see it and it does something it's a feeling if something is being triggered then i want to contact this person or i want to know more how it's Mm -hmm. done what but i don't have kind of a list that Mm -hmm. people you know tick the boxes and then this is a good collage no it's very personal of course and also what i which probably every gallerist or everyone, I'm not a salesman where I can just sell anything. I can only show, exhibit and promote what I honestly, authentically really admire and find interesting. I can't just say, this is great when I don't think it's great. Yeah, I'm I'm just, yeah, (laughs) it's very bad sales. It is. (laughs) But I think people who come, and they feel that. They feel if you have an, a genuine passion or a genuine excitement about an artist, everyone can feel it. And if it's just nani na, you know, a sales pitch, then people can also tell. I hope you enjoyed hearing about The Curve and the dedication of Valerie von Meiss to the medium of collage. If you happen to be in Berlin this weekend, you can find her at Positions Berlin presenting a solo booth of work from Justine Leufer. The fair takes place at Tempelhof Berlin and will be open on the 12th of September from 1pm until 6pm. There are links in the show notes to everything that we spoke about, including the Age of Collage book and virtual tour of the exhibition. I'd also encourage you to follow The Curve on Instagram, where you can keep up to date with their activities. As always, if you have any questions, comments or feedback about this or previous episodes of the show, you're more than welcome to get in touch. Please also follow and subscribe to Subtext and Discourse on your favourite podcast platform. Thanks again for tuning in. My name is Michael Dooney and you've been listening to Subtext and Discourse.